0: Welcome to The Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a living clean study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Living Clean. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to The Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide a commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then our participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions, and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is episode 23 of Living Clean Study, the Anonymous podcast. Uh, We're going to begin on page 81 with the spiritual foundation, but first we're going to give our introductions. Brian B., can you jump in and introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, sure, Douglas. My name is Brian B. I'm an addict. My clean date is November 18th, 2019. And my home group is the Sunday morning literature meeting of NA.
0: Thanks, Brian. What's happening, Jennifer W.?
2: Hi, my name is Jennifer. I'm an addict. My clean date is November 27th, 1992. And I attend meetings in Sacramento, California.
0: Thanks, Tim. What's happening, Paul?
3: Hey, my name's Paul M. I'm an addict. Uh, my clean date is January 6, 1995, and I have ten
0: meetings in New Orleans, Louisiana. Thanks, Paul. What's happening, Jane? Jane hey,
4: here from Salem, Oregon. Clean date twenty two, seventy nine. And my home group is the Thursday noon meeting. And thanks, Jane. What's up, Eva? Hi, everybody.
5: Eva P here. My clean date is June tenth, two thousand. Um, my home group is the Do It Hard meeting of Narcotics Anonymous in Salem, Oregon.
4: Thanks, Eva. What's up, Barb? I'm Barbara in
6: Florida. Hi, Douglas. My home group is Open Wine. Um, that meets. It's a hybrid meeting on Monday nights at 7:30, and my clean date is October 4th, 1995.
0: Thanks, Barb. What's up, Casey?
7: Hey everybody, Casey Addict. My clean date is 9 30 of 2013. I attend meetings in the mid Willamette Valley area of Narcotics Anonymous, glad to be here.
0: Thanks Casey. We have a couple guests tonight. Brian D.
8: Brian D. Australia, England. Jump on in. Uh, Thanks Doug. Um, Hi, I'm Brian. I'm an Addict. Uh, My clean date is 7th of November 2020. My home group is Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. High Wycombe online meeting. And you can find us at the NAUK website if you want to come along.
0: All right, Brian. Thanks for joining with us this evening. And our uh, our other guest is an anonymous podcast, original gangster, an OG right from across the pond. Lisa R. Jump in. Lisa, introduce yourself.
9: Hello. um, I'm an addict. My name is Lisa R., my clean date is the 16th of May, 2020. Um, I'm from Shetland in Scotland, but I attend meetings on in cyberspace um, uh, at the uh, Highlands and Islands Groups of NA. Thank
4: you. All
0: right, welcome. Welcome. Our folks, uh, and, and I'm an addict, My name's Douglas. I go clean March twelfth, 2000 in Southwestern PA, and I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. I want to go ahead and begin. This is episode 23 for the Living Clean Study for the Anonymous podcast. We're going to begin on page 81 with the Spiritual Foundation, and Jane's going to facilitate. Take it away, Jane.
4: Okay. Thanks, Douglas. Good to be the... Uh, me. Eva, you want to start us off? Read a couple paragraphs for me? And it's this sectional. Jane the spiritual
5: foundation we find in NA gives us the confidence to live and enjoy life to help others and to carry the NA message secure in the knowledge that we are guided to exactly where we need to be we begin to feel connected to the world around us and our lives have purpose we find the courage to follow our heart to listen to the voice within to create to commit to explore and to live We arrive at Narcotics Anonymous hoping for survival. What we find is love, courage, a sense of connection, and a sense of direction. All our lives, we had looked for the peace and safety we experience in recovery. As we seek our higher power's will for us, we come to an understanding of purpose. Spiritual awakening is a process. Maybe it is what the whole process is about. We nurture our awakening spirits and know that we are finally free to live in grace, integrity, and dignity. Wow. Um, uh, It's going to make me want to cry. So, you know, I've really been reflecting this this month on um, where my life was a year ago and, um, you know, what Narcotics Anonymous taught me um, number one is that I'm never alone, no matter what I'm going through. And, um, and like it says, you know, I hope for survival, but what I found was love, courage, um, a sense of connection and a sense of direction. And, um, I just, um, I've just felt all that so much this month. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm so blessed to be a part of Narcotics Anonymous. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stop right there because I'm emotional today.
4: So <laughs>
5: I'll share more later. Thanks.
4: Thanks, Eva. Anybody else? Yay, Jennifer.
2: Thanks, Jane. Um, the one sentence that really hit me on this was we begin to feel connected to the world around us and our lives have purpose. And, you know, I know we say this a lot, but you know, the opposite, of addiction is connection, right? And so when I was in my disease, there was not anything I intentionally disconnected from everything. I didn't want to feel, I didn't want to hear anything about anything outside of me and what I wanted and what I needed. And and this holds so true to me. You know, since I've been clean, I've not ever felt like, you know, once I had an opportunity to have a spiritual awakening, having purpose was something I did not desire at all. Um, I didn't want anybody to have a need for me for anything, you know, so I could just kind of rot in my disease, which is what my choice was for a while. And this really, my life has purpose today is really important, right? I just don't, um, I can't imagine, you know, um, swimming in the madness that I used to live in um, today. And that is so huge because, when I, when I came to Narcotics Anonymous, I did not have any hope to do anything other than stop using drugs. And I barely wanted to do that. Um, I had a time limit that I was gonna not use and then I was gonna go back. Um, and Narcotics Anonymous saved me from myself and gave me the purpose in the life that I have today. And I don't ever uh, wanna forget that because that that keeps me grounded. It keeps me grateful <clears throat> and it keeps me moving forward, um, you know, in recovery. and. Uh, And and as long as I'm doing that, I
8: have a good chance staying clean today. So thanks. Hey, Brian with a Y. Uh, Thanks, Jane. Uh, Honestly, that second paragraph, I could talk for hours, but uh, don't worry, I won't. Um, Yeah, we arrive at Narcotics Anonymous hoping for survival. Certainly going into NA, I wasn't expecting much. I tried you know doctors therapists cold turkey all sorts of things i wasn't finding wasn't expecting much at all but the sense of connection i remember the first couple of meetings i went to and seeing these people that i thought wow these are my people these are my tribe if they can get clean then maybe just maybe there's hope for me um i think that yeah that that little line really sort of hits me the other thing is the whole spiritual awakening is is a process um yeah when i look at how i am spiritually i guess emotionally um past six months past nine months or even just you know a few months ago it's just changed um and all for the better you know um and speaking to the the old timers It sounds like it always changes and I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that continual change. So very grateful to NA today. Thanks.
4: Anyone else? Okay, Paul.
10: I just think that... that Mm I just think
3: that. Um, sorry about that, Douglas and I. Are, for you're listening, Douglas and I are in the same room room in New Orleans, so we're uh, trying to share the audio space. Um, I think that this is Na's answer to the promises. I think that you know we. Uh, when I first got clean, I thought we don't have promises. Is that good or bad? And I and and so when I hear this line at the end the courage to follow our heart, to listen to the voice within, to create, to commit, to explore, and to live. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in for that. Because what I equated to getting clean was going to my mother's house, eating all the food in the refrigerator, sleeping for a week, stealing her money, and then heading back out. That's what getting clean meant. And uh it did not have any of that, and, and, and this, especially the, the create, to create. We get to create a life that is beyond our wildest dreams. And so um, I'm in, and it, it's the price of the ticket. You know, it, it, it's, it's certainly worth it for the work that, that, that I need to do to stay here,
10: so thanks.
4: Thanks, anybody else? Okay, Brian with the eye. you wanna start us off on the new section?
1: Yeah, sure Jane, thanks. This is entitled Our Physical Selves. Each of us has different ways of seeing ourselves. We are physical beings and we are also spiritual. We are spiritual beings and we are also emotional. As addicts, we are prone to alienation, the feeling of being apart from, and sometimes we even feel apart from ourselves as if all these pieces of who we are don't add up to one whole person. When we focus on what is real, we begin to accept ourselves with all our contradictions. All these pieces of ourselves come together like a kaleidoscope, beautiful and colorful and always changing. We let go of the idea that the pieces need to line up perfectly for us to be okay. We can see amazing harmony in our lives just by being aware of what's happening inside ourselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We talk a lot about how addiction affects our bodies, but the physical part of our recovery is ignored to a surprising degree. We we free our minds and spirits, turning them over to a higher power, but our bodies can be another story. Our physical, emotional, and spiritual lives are interwoven. We can think of them separately, but we cannot experience them separately. If we don't deal with the physical part of our recovery, we run the risk of being disconnected from our spiritual path. So, wow, there's there's a lot involved there. And um where I could start to see myself change, you know, is like through working the steps. And once once I felt that, that change on the inside, then all of a sudden, like, I felt like my whole personality changed. Like, I was a different person. And I feel like that was the awakening of my spirit. And then it just started to lead to other things. Like, I wanted to take care of myself more. You know, I remember... In my addiction, man, I didn't care anything about how I looked. You know, I was just worried about getting the next one. Like, someone can hand me a substance in a bag, and if I was sick, it was going in my arm. But today, I try to make healthy choices. You know, it's like everything, you know, it says we suffer from what mind, body, and spirit. So, anything that I can do, you know, that is the opposite of what I used to do, like my mind was so corrupted in my body, I was 130 pounds strung out. Um, my spirit. I was dead inside, absolutely dead inside. I I looked at a picture of myself right before I got clean. It was just a mirror image of myself today. And it's only through staying clean a day at a time and really committing myself to this fellowship. Like I feel good today. I feel healthy. And, you know, there's still things, you know, some bad habits that I could do away with, but like, it's all about progression. You know, no one said I had to come in here and be perfect, but you know, I, I had to try to find some things that, you know, would help me physically get back on my feet, you know, eating three meals a day, going to the gym, you know, trying to do a little bit of things that like make me feel good, you know, and um, I, know, I know that that all can change in an instant, man. You know, I'm, I'm only one bad decision away from going back to that old life. You know, that's why I need to stay committed to this way of life, man. And like, life is so good today. Like, why would you want to change it? Why would you want to go back to that? You know, it's, it, it's just so good staying clean. And like the friends that I have today, man, I wouldn't change it. You know, I was, I was stuck in my room, you know, alone with my drugs for years, man. And then once I, once I threw my hands up and surrendered, now I'm like surrounded by people that love me. Like I never had that. Never had it. So that's why I keep coming back, man. I try to carry the message any time that I can. And that's another way that things changed. Like when I started to want to help people, you know, so many people help me. Now I try to give back any way that I can. So thanks for letting me share.
4: Thank you, Brian. Some good stuff. Eva.
5: So uh, when I think about taking care of my physical self, um, first of all, I can't speak about men, but I know for me as a woman, one of the ways that I didn't take care of myself is that I, you know, when I wanted to get out of a feeling here comes Doug, I would sleep around (laughs) sex or I would overeat food. Right. Um, I would, um, I would do those things, of course, to change a feeling and then, um, tell myself that, I wasn't, um, I wasn't relapsing, so it was okay or whatever. And, um, my sponsor often tells me that, um, that the emotional relapse comes long before the physical relapse does. And, um, and for me, those are the ways that I do it, sex and food, sex and food. I I mean, I don't have any money, so I don't have to worry about that part. So, um, (laughs) I own a business, so therefore I have zero money. Um, but when I came into the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous, um, well, in the beginning that didn't quit, but what after working some steps, um, I became to respect my body in a different way. Um, the food piece came a lot, took a lot longer, but um, the physical self, you know, like sleeping around and, and even, even, even if I wasn't sleeping around, I was dressing like a hoochie, um, for attention, (laughs) hoochie, hoochie mama, you know, Paul, um, just kidding, just kidding, (laughs) I've seen pictures of him in leather, so I had to say that, um, whoo, um, I would dress a certain way, right, like thinking it, was getting me, attention, and it was, it was getting me bad attention, but it was getting me attention, and that was just another way that I, um, I, I wasn't, um, taking good care of my, of my physical body, um, so, you know, those are just some of the things that I have really worked on in my recovery, and, um, and how much addiction, um, affected my physical body, I mean, other than the obvious things, you know, that can happen when you use drugs on a daily basis. Um, But those are the things that I did specifically to myself um, or allowed to happen to me um, with my physical body. So those are the things that come up to me when I
4: read this Thanks. Anyone else? Okay, Brian,
8: with the Y. Uh, Thanks, Jane. Um, It's interesting this this has come up because um, last weekend I had my Christmas work party. And because of my work, I haven't seen people for about, about a year. And I had like four, five different people come up to me and say, wow, Brian, you look so young and healthy. What's your secret? um which was really really nice um also made me think geez did i really look like that much of a crackhead back you know a year ago but um i took the compliment and it's it's nice and i appreciate it's a bit of external affirmation and perhaps we should be above that but you know what it's just nice to get a compliment it's nice to take the compliment and it's nice to show that my outside is just as attractive as my inside um, and I feel a little bit weird saying that because we're not supposed to say things like that, are we? Well, certainly not the British sensibilities. It's a bit weird to say, Oh, I'm attractive, but it's just nice to say, you know what? I'm working good recovery. I'm being a good person. Uh, I've got a good soul and it's attractive to other people and people look at what I've got and other people that have got good recovery and it makes the program attractive. Um, And it really is in twine, the physical, emotional and spiritual. Um, And so, yeah, once again, it's amazing what this program can do. Um, And it's nice when other people outside the program, they don't realize or know what they're doing, um, acknowledge that. Thanks. Thanks.
4: Anybody else? Go ahead, Lisa. Yeah, so
9: our physical selves, I think, it's such a, it's such a big issue for me in my recovery. You know, I've not, I don't have any choice, but to deal with my physical self. I have spent, um, well, I got ill with um, Emmy almost 12 years ago, actually. Um, and I couldn't cope with the fact that I got this illness that wasn't getting better. And it really did change my life. You know, everything's changed very dramatically in an, just in an instant. And it really just drove me further and deeper into my drug use Um, and you know getting clean and coming into recovery I'm now having to deal with kind of it's like 10 and a bit years of just destroying my body you know even though I had this illness and it is it's very severe and it's made me very unwell I still never was listening to my body my sponsor always tells me listen to your body I never thought about things like that. I was just angry and resentful of the world and angry that my body wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. So I didn't respect it at all, you know? Um, And now it's kind of like dealing with the ramifications of that. I kind of thought like once I got clean, maybe it will get better. Like maybe this will be better, you know? Like I, I have all these ideas of it improving um but that hasn't been the case my physical health is a daily struggle you know I'm housebound and currently I'm bedbound which I hate to say out loud I don't, I don't like admitting it but it's the truth um you know if there's just I just don't have any energy to do to do very much but saying that this is the bit you know like about the about getting that spiritual health like I never even knew that was a thing before I got clean and there's a lot to be said for having spiritual health like being a part of recovery um you know the fact that the meetings I go to are online I'm able to become a part of this you know come to this hang out with all you guys on this podcast and 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 do all this from my bed like I don't I don't have to be anything other than than what I am and um you know it's through being in recovery that I'm learning to. To listen to my body and rest and do all the boring things that I never wanted to do, and and to learn to accept my condition instead of fight it, you know, to surrender to it and and hand that over to my higher power as well as as everything else, you know, and and just do my part. So um, yeah, I'll leave it there.
4: Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Go ahead, Barb. Barbara addict. I loved what Lisa said.
6: I got, um, cancer in 2012 and that's exactly what, um, precipitated me, um, looking at my physical health, you know, and getting as healthy as I could be and learning to, to, and I also have another condition, cystitis. And, um, I have to pay attention to my body, you know, like when I'm stressed or I work too hard, I, I feel the bladder because that's damaged bladder. And I feel that, you know, so, um, and I've got as healthy as I could. You know, when I was 10 years clean, I gave up cigarettes. When I was 17 years, I was obese. So I gave up flour and sugar. I eat a very disciplined uh, way that I eat now from going to food and another fellowship, you know, and I do it because I feel great, you know, and I don't know when I did. I was so self-destructive. I was years in recovery saying, why are you so self-destructive? I couldn't breathe. I was smoking cigarettes, you know, and I'm like, why are you still trying to kill yourself? You know, but I've, it's been a process, like I think it said in there about the process, um, for me to quit being so self-destructive, because I was self-destructive all my life, you know, and to become, I did everything I could to die, and now I do everything I can to live, you know, and, and if that's not a different woman than what walked in this door, you know, I don't know what is, you know. And I love this where it says all these pieces ourselves come together like a kaleidoscope, beautiful and colorful and always changing. We let go of the idea that the pieces need to line up perfectly for us to be okay. And I think Paul said acceptance is in the moment, in the day, so I, and I pay attention to that. Okay, am I gonna accept myself today or not? Or am I gonna compare myself, you know? I just had a girl call me and she was going and she's, you know, doesn't wear makeup, beautiful little thing. But she was going to a dinner in a fancy restaurant with her boss and some people and not feeling like she belonged, you know. And I just um spoke at the other fellowship. I spoke and and I'm talking to my sponsor, and I said, um, I don't know if I'm gonna fit in here, you know, that they asked me to speak. And my sponsor was like, you know, oh, I'm just myself, you know. And it's like, yeah, see, you can that's why I love my sponsor. My sponsor will say, Oh, I'm, we're not going to go there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're not going to go there. You know? and, and when, I, when um, he said, you know, I just be myself, it was like, yeah, I'm just going and I'm carrying the message and I'm being myself. You know, that is self-acceptance. That's all I have to be today is be myself, not be that chameleon, not be phony and um, be who I am, you know, and accept that. And realize that I'm I'm that kaleidoscope, beautiful, colorful, and always changing. You know, I have changed so much in recovery. I'm changing now. I can feel it. Now I can watch it. You know, I can take that leap of faith, get off the fence, and observe what, you know, what I'm morphing into. You know, my son left, I'm finally letting go. You know, I'm finding out who I am at a different level and, and getting my own life. And it's exciting. You know, and I know that that's recovery. I'm constantly going to be changing, you know. So, um, you know, I'm just so grateful to have this way to live. And um, that's it. And I like this, when we focus on what is real, one of the greatest gifts recovery has given me is peace and to be in reality. For you to tell me something, and I know, you know, when, that, whether it fits or whether it doesn't, and to be in reality, not stay, um, you know, escape or not or delusional anymore you know they say they say in the other fellowship that magical magnifying mind I still have that you know regularly but I can get out of it and get back in reality real quick you know and all I have to do is listen to you guys or listen to my sponsor or listen to HP that inner voice you know you guys
4: gave me that inner voice that I can listen to today you know so I'm grateful to be here grateful to be clean thanks. Casey, you want to read the, Casey, you want to read the next couple of paragraphs? Sure, thanks, Jane. Great taking care of our bodies.
7: Yeah. yeah, taking care of our bodies can be a challenge. We go back and forth between indulging ourselves in a way that feels selfish or excessive and punishing ourselves or piling on restrictions in an effort to control patterns that feel like symptoms of our addiction. After a long struggles with ways and means to drive out, to drive ourselves back into healthier behavior, we find that what we really need is to do is surrender. Often it's when we help a newer member work the steps that we see how they apply to our own lives today. Even though we may have beliefs about what a relationship with our body should be like, most of us feel we are not living up to that standard. There are lots of people who want to tell us how we should do it, But taking an honest look at how we relate with our bodies is new and and scary. Too often, we hold back from the freedom our program has to offer because we're not entirely ready to let go. We are aware of our imperfection, but see it as something we should control, not something we can surrender. Our sense of humor allows us to squeeze a positive attitude out of a negative self-image. We're able to laugh at ourselves. We lighten up a little bit. We do the work, but we also learn to play. We see our defects, but we also see what there is to love about us. Balance in our lives is dynamic, like walking a tightrope. It, can, it only works when we are moving. We're constantly in motion. And so this is the way we see ourselves. Um, that's a good paragraph. I remember uh, one of the things that I used as an excuse. I'm not going to say it took me back out. But one of the things that I used as an excuse for a really long time to get loaded was because I put on so much weight. Um, I've always had this image of what, what it was supposed to look like, right? Like what my body was supposed to look like. And after I had my daughter, I gained a lot of weight. Uh, I went on depo and I was, you know, up to like 200 pounds and it was really a scary place to be for me. And, um, so I used that excuse for a really long time. So when I got clean this last time, uh, weight was always an issue. I was really scared to get too overweight. Um, and so I would go on these, you know, no carb diets and these really restrictive diets and be super miserable and then go to the other end of the spectrum, right? Like I'm an extremist, I'm either one end or the other. It's very hard for me to stay in the middle. Uh, so I go the other end and just completely indulge in food. And uh, that's a hard place to be. I mean, it totally, it, it, I'm in my addiction when I'm in those moments, right? Like that's the truth is I'm in my addiction. It's just in a different form. And over the last you know, few years, Brian kind of touched on this too, I've just learned to, to try to make healthier choices, right? Like the things I do today are try to drink more water and um, try not to eat out every single night of the week. So there are things that I do differently and I'm kind of at a good place where I feel like, um, I do a lot of work on the inside to where I feel good with who I am, no matter what I look at in the mirror physically. I can be okay because I feel good inside. Um, I I'm not going to say that there aren't times where my weight doesn't become a concern, where it's like oh shit, but I don't have to go to those extreme moments anymore. You know, as long as I've just made it more of a lifestyle where I live more of a healthy lifestyle, right? Like I quit smoking and I quit doing all of these things. So today, you know, I just live in in a in a healthier place overall. And I don't have those excessive moments where it's extreme one or the other. I'm either depriving myself of food, or I'm eating everything because I don't want to feel anything. So uh, it's a good place to be. It's a it's a scary place to be um, to have weight be an issue. And fortunately, it, it hasn't been that way for quite some time for me. But I do remember coming in early on and and being scared of gaining weight, and that that was a a great excuse for me to go back out and get loaded. But once I put in the work,
4: you know, it's, it's not as big of a a thing for me today. So that's all I got. Thanks guys. Go ahead, Doug.
0: All right. Thanks Jane. Um, Yeah. really thanks Casey for talking about all that, man. I was, I was with you every step of the way when you were talking about it. Um, You know, I heard this, uh, heard this old timer give this illustration about like momentum. He was talking about if uh, the old train cars, um, there just wasn't just wasn't enough uh, momentum at first. There just wasn't enough stuff to push all the train cars that were connected from the start. But what there is, there's these pin mechanisms built in, and when the first car moves, that pin slides just enough to give it like a bump for the second car, and that second car moves just enough to give that third car a bump. And it starts that rolling. And he was talking about how, you know, our, our spiritual life and our emotional life and our taking care of ourselves physically is just like that. It's like if we can do some some simple things, I can't lose 100 pounds today. Can do it, man. Cannot. What I can do is make some better choices and then boom, that's that bump then later on today to make some better choices and then tomorrow morning make some better choices and have some momentum going on what I've noticed about myself and it ties into that last paragraph like how how you know emotion and stuff like this that's exactly how it is for me if I have some uh, some momentum build up I'm in motion and have some momentum build up man it's just it, it's that much easier for me to say now you know what we can stop at eating for my and in an in a Eat clear. That's what Paul and I just did. So I don't know. I feel a little bit like we'll I feel, salad. we did. Yeah. So we'll get to that. So Paul, so, Paul and I, we had a Caesar salad with chicken and stuff like that for lunch. I want to end it there. Like, that's our story. We made some good decisions. And then we <laughs> we did beat up like 8,000 calories at the dessert shop, you know. And uh, uh, anyhow, but we're going to have scrambled eggs tonight. So, we're going back and forth. But man, it, it, it's really cool. But look, the, the one thing, the the interwoven piece, physical, emotional, spiritual, we can think about them being separate. And I think it's healthy to do that. One of the most powerful things, you know, it, it, was, it was the reader before, but we can't experience them separately. Man, that's powerful. Like, it helps me to think about those separately. I can't experience them separately. I think that's really good. And the last thing I want to say is I came down here, um, Paul spoke the other night. And, um, and just beautiful, man, talking about the connected, you know, how, how we're connected and, and, and what we're searching for. And we find that here. And I'm not alone in here. And here's how that meets here is like if my physical self. Um, and if I tie that into like food, sex and money, man, because that's that's kind of like the manifestation of my addiction. But I need to be vigilant with those areas. I'm connected and I'm loved, whether if my bank accounts in the red or if I'm OK right now. I'm connected and I'm loved whether I'm having sex right now or whether I'm not. And, and here's the cool thing, man, like, and, and this is what this is what you and I have been, been talking about. Like I'm connected and I'm loved whether I'm two, 210 pounds, 215 pounds, 230, 195, one, I'm connected and I'm loved. And the the longest journey has been like from the mind to the heart. Like, if I know this up here, you know, it's step work. It's you people pouring into me that allows me to have that journey go from here to hear you know from the head to the heart and so um so i appreciate that man and then the sense of humor i think it's necessary and for those listening look if 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 you haven't if you haven't seen uh like a photo of me or if you don't know me you know or something like that which most of you don't if you're listening i'm very handsome i mean insanely handsome <laughs> and even i i'm talking about when i walk into a room you're like god damn that man is handsome even so I struggle with these so look man it's 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 necessary you know our sense of humor man you know um because we're free I mean damn it man we're free we're living a free life you know and and it's my responsibility to walk that out and be attracted to the newcomer coming in you know so all right I'm going to pass with that thanks folks Uh, uh,
4: Hmm. okay Paul you want to start us oh I'm sorry didn't see you Lisa go
9: I just wanted to quickly say thank you so much to um Casey and Douglas for your shares on that because it's exactly what I needed to hear I have um like I completely forgot to eat (laughs) or how to eat yes to eat or, or how to eat when I was you know using and I I started eating again when I got clean and I have never I've never been the like as heavy as I am today, you know, and I find that really difficult and I, I mean, I'm not able to do um, really much physical exercise at all because of the health condition that I have. So I'm finding it a real struggle. You know, I, I, I feel like, Oh my God, if people see me, they're not going to love me. You know, like that is really where I'm at with it. It's difficult. And it's something, you know, I've always been very hyper-focused on my weight and my looks and like, that's always been that's I've lived my life with that being of utmost importance. That now it's like I'm coming to this place where I'm starting to realize that that it's not all about that. And that to, to just hear, like, you know, you're still loved no matter what weight you are. That was just like, oh, okay. And to to know that there is a solution to this. It was just even in the reading, you know, that that is to surrender this stuff. I am trying to control it, you know. I either, like it says in the reading, I either indulge and i eat loads of stuff i shouldn't or i try and punish myself and i restrict myself and i won't eat anything at all because i have no idea how to eat i've forgotten how to eat properly and you know it's like a learning experience and i think i didn't realize that i've been really hard on myself about that instead of you know just kind of giving myself a little bit of compassion with it and surrendering that so that i don't feel such self-loathing and stuff you know um and i really like all the stuff about you know accepting accepting yourself as you are today right now in this moment you know a good friend of mine um Michael B he's he's taught me so much about self-acceptance since I came into NA and he always says that you know like if you if you can't accept yourself as you are today you'll never appreciate yourself when you get to where you want to be and I always think about that you know um yeah I'll pass
4: thank you. Okay, Paul,
3: oh, you want to read the first this Yeah, I, you know what? I've, I've, I've known Lisa now for a couple of months, and this is like kind of the first time I'm seeing her, and she's as gorgeous as her voice. So if you're listening, she's as go- she has this beautiful smile, and she's up at midnight, up in the north, 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 north.
10: And I love her. I just love her.
3: And I'm so glad she joined us. Um, It's a relationship. A relationship with our bodies is just that, a relationship. It can be healthy and rewarding or abusive and destructive. Mostly it's somewhere in between. We live and grow, get better and worse, and find that the process is rarely a straight line in one direction. Hmm. Like any relationship, it requires communication and responsibility. Paying attention to our bodies, giving them what they need, caring for them, and seeking help when necessary. For most of us, this does not come naturally. For most of us, This does not come naturally. (sighs) A member shared, I needed to learn to treat my body like something other than an enemy. Very few of us come to N.A. with education or experience in what is good for us. Even Even if we did know better, living through active addiction means we spent long periods of time abusing and neglecting our bodies. Our relationship to our bodies has been troubled. We spent a lot of time trying to escape them after all. We pushed the limits, not only through combining drugs, overdosing or substituting in order to get high, but in other ways as well. Staying awake for days and then sleeping almost as long, not eating or eating in bizarre and unhealthy ways, selling our bodies or engaging in unsafe sex, participating in or exposing ourselves to extreme violence. Our disease craves instant gratification, but learning how to take care of our bodies takes time, and so does healing. We may want results as soon as we start, but mostly they accumulate gradually. So this is a process. And listen, I, I've had a strange relationship with food all my life. I was, I was very big in school. Uh, I had a size 42 waist when I was in school. Um, I, I, I struggle, I, you know, I'll be the only one eating the chips and salsa when everybody else is finished. And it's like, oh my God, slow the fuck down, Paul. It's like, it's like this thing. I'm just stuffing it in, stuffing it in, stuffing it in.
10: (sighs) But I'm not a bad person because of it but I think I am. You're bad. You're a bad person because you do this, Paul. And we would never do that to somebody. You're a bad person because you got cancer. You're a bad person because you have a disease. But we will beat the shit
3: out of ourselves for it we will rail against ourselves. And look, that's the problem in this thing. There's a whole fellowship of people going, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. And there's a little voice in your head that goes, you're a piece of shit. And that little voice is still sometimes louder than your
10: voices. It's getting better. It's
3: not as as loud, it's not as frequent. It's not there all the time. You know, I walked in here, I walked into N.A. when I was 26 years old. I'm 61 now. You know, things are starting to slow down. <laughs> it's, it's harder to get up. I can drop it like it's hard. I just can't get back up once I've done that. You know what I mean? It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. But I tell you what, I will take it all the time because inside feels better. The voice to myself is gentler, is kinder. I'm, I, I'm a little more, oh, look at you, look at you with your, with your stuff, you know? And, and the other thing is, I don't want when I got here, I wanted to be anybody but me. I have a friend I've known since the fourth grade. He's retired. He has lots of money in his 401k. He gets a pension. He drives a BMW. He's fabulous. He doesn't get high. He doesn't do anything. He's he's lived his life appropriately. And I used to want to be him when I got here. And now I hang out with him all the time. And I go, I don't want to fucking be him. I want to be exactly who I am. You know, still working because I fucked off in my 20s. Still, you know, going to, you know, going the deal, still going to meetings, still trying not to get high. Still, I will take that all day long. I will be me. I will be me. And that's the gift that you've given. That's better than any promises. That's the gift. Thanks. Go
4: ahead, Jennifer.
2: Um, the the sentence where it says, you know, other ways as well, staying awake for days, sleeping almost as long. Like when I was using that, that was it. Stay up for a week, sleep for four or five days, eat a box of cereal, go about my business, you know? And that was my life. And, you know, I, I, I think somebody else was saying, Brian was saying earlier about, you know, he saw a picture of himself right before he got clean. And then I, I recently was going through some old photo albums And I found a picture of myself at my grandma's, I think it was her 70th birthday party or something like that. And I was 17. And I think I got clean about three months later and just, you know, 95 pounds and my skin was like white and it was probably yellow. I probably covered it up because that's what color my skin was when I got clean. And I always had pick sores all over my face and, you know, and, and my disease had tricked me that I had it going on. Right. I was so you know, lost <clears throat> in my self-centeredness that I thought that I had looked like I was the best looking girl walking down the street, you know what I mean? And, and, um, you know, and, then I look at those pictures now and I just see this empty shell of a human being, you know, and <clears throat> I didn't get clean and go, I'm going to totally take care of myself. You know, then I just smoked two packs of cigarettes today and drank three pots of coffee. And it was a similar effect. And, and, um, and, and, and it's interesting today when I look at my life and the relationship, with how I treat myself, um, you know, versus in my first, you know, year or five years or whatever, and you know, a lot of the destructive behaviors that I had, I I, I stopped doing. I stopped smoking ten years ago, and I stopped, you know, <clears throat> I stopped drinking. Well, I say that now. I'm drinking coffee now, and it's four forty five in the afternoon. I'm not going to sleep tonight. Still practicing that behavior because I wanted a cup of coffee. But you know, I'm I'm treating myself a little bit better these days. But the thing that I realized and 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 the kicker for me was, and it always is, is, you know, where am I connected? What am I connected to? Am I connected to my self-centered fears about what I feel about myself? Or am I connected to my higher power and the acceptance of I am who I am and I'm okay? And it almost always has to do with how I treat myself in that way, you know, and, and I fall short, you know, regularly, daily probably. In little ways that I like to punish myself, um, you know, but I'm aware, right? Like I can look at it today, I can see it and I can say, well, maybe I don't want to practice that. And, and probably the next day, I'm probably going to say, yeah, maybe tomorrow I'll start doing that. Or maybe tomorrow, this is my new thing. I stopped, you know, doing yoga like a, a month or two ago. And every morning I'm going to get up at 530 and I'm going to do yoga. It has not happened once yet, you know, so I'm aware. I know I want to do it. I haven't actually done it yet, but I'm still, still putting it out in the universe. And so there's just these little pieces of me that I see some of the self-destruction. But what that looks like today versus what it looked like when I was getting loaded or when I was new is very, very different. You know, I like might eat until I'm sick and then eat some more. Um, And I will learn a lesson from that, you know, but I'm not not practicing those behaviors i'm not you know having unsafe sex and running the streets i'm not putting massive amounts of chemicals in my body and staying up for a week at a time i'm not you know um i'm not doing those behaviors and 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 slowly but surely over time i get a little bit better and then i'll fall short and then i'll get a little bit better you know two steps forward one step back but i'm always willing and aware and 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 think that I'm worthwhile to to treat myself better. And, and, and that's not something that I felt when I got here. I felt like every th- bad thing that happened to me I deserved. And then I should just continue to punish myself because I was that terrible person that I, you know, in my head. Um, and and today I don't I don't feel that way about myself. Um, but I'm for sure not perfect. I'm absolutely in love with the idea of instant gratification, even at 29 years clean. Um, that sounds fun all the time, Um, you know, and uh, so that just reminds me that I need to keep doing the work, you know, always, Um, and I'll pass with that, thanks.
4: Go ahead, Brian, with
8: the Y. Uh, Thanks. One of the things I love about NA is people say stuff, and I think, wow, you just grabbed that out of my head. Like Jennifer with the yoga, I think I've been saying that for about four months. Saying, "Yeah, I'm going to get into the yoga." It's yet to happen. Um, and just Paul with the whole sitting there eating the chippies and the dip—that's me. I've had strangers in restaurants come up to me, tell me I'm eating too fast. Um, yeah, let alone just friends and family. And um, the thing that I really—that really sort of stuck out for me with this—is. I needed to learn to treat my body like something other than my enemy. I'm constantly battling against my body and my eating and my exercise. And it's always extremes. It's always like, right, okay, tomorrow it's clean living Brian. And for two days, I'll be like on this broth fast. (laughs) And I'll just say, right, okay, today I'm going to have eight espressos or, you know, big family-sized bag of M&Ms because I deserve it because, I you know, it's just yo-yoing. And then when I do that, I just talk shit about myself. I'm just like, I forget about, you know, what I am doing, you know, that I'm doing my meditation, you know. I'm not putting all these chemicals into me. Um, you know, I'm having this loving relationship with my partner, with my friends, with work but I don't tend to think about that. I think about the fact that I can't put down the chippies, can't put down the chocolates. Um, But my, um, I guess my decision tonight is I'm going to pay heed to that little sentence. I'm gonna learn to treat my body like something other than my enemy going forward. There we go, you're my witnesses.
4: Go ahead, Eva. Just one little thing um, that has to do with that sentence. I need to
5: learn to treat my body like something other than the enemy. And um, my sponsor used to say to me, would you talk to your daughter that way? The way you talk to yourself? Um, Would you talk to your best friend that way? Would you talk to your girlfriends that way? Would you even talk to a stranger that way? Um, Because I'm meanest to myself. Um, So that was when I started to uh, get better about um, that self-talk. Although I'm definitely not perfect and I still have to remind myself, oh, would I talk to my daughter that way or my granddaughter? No. So um, why would I talk to myself that way? Like I deserve to be talked to just as lovely and as kind and as graceful as I would, you know, my sponsees, my friends, my granddaughters, my daughters. Um, So that's
4: all I'm going to say about that. And Barbara. Hey, anybody else? Go ahead, Barbara. I'm Barbara and Addie again. My sponsor has always told
6: me that um, I need to keep waking up to the stuff of my disease. And, and what I've learned in this journey is guess what? My disease is always gonna be there and I'm always gonna be waking up to stuff, you know? And, um. And you know, everybody was talking about how we weren't healthy. You know, I came from four, one of four kids and we, um, you know, only one parent worked. So we ate a lot of potatoes, little bit of meat, you know? So I was fat as a kid, you know, and when, when I got, when I quit smoking at 10 years clean and I went to two twenty four, and I was like, and then I got breast cancer. It's like, here's your card, you better get healthy. You know, I realized I don't know how to eat healthy, you know? So what I did is I went to another fellowship and, and I said, I need somebody to take me by the hand and show me how to eat, you know, like, like a kid and guess what they do? You call them every day, they took me by the hand, they showed me just like you did, you know, every every place that I go to treat my disease, they take me by the hand and they show me what to do, you know, and um, they showed me how to um, eat healthy, you know, and and so today I eat a very disciplined way. Now, do I still, it's like Douglas said, I beat myself up with a feather, not a bat. You know, I've been um, eating nuts. I'm not supposed to eat nuts. And you might say, oh, that's nothing. It, what, what this, what FA taught me is look at what's under that. When I do that, you know, I'm medicating, that's my disease. I'm medicating. Cause I'm sad. Cause my kid is gone and I got these feelings and I'm an addict and my disease is trying to manifest and come in, you know? And my first bond my first therapist told me you can do whatever you want to do, but call it what it is. You know? So I try to do that today. You know, I can give myself permission, beat myself up with a feather, not a bat, you know? And um, do that, you know. And and my disease consequently has taken me to to a few fellowships lately. It's been Al-Anon and they have been monumental in relationships and my character defects. And and like Paul said, the spiritual principle is shut the fuck up, you know. That's what you know. So so <laughs> so you know my disease takes me many places, and you guys have taught me that I go and I find, I seek, and and me and HP. We find um, the answers, and then we ask them, "How do you do this?" You know, and I don't go in there with 26 years clean and Al Anon, because guess what? I got zero days. You know, and I go in there humbly with HP and say, "Help me and show me how to do this," because I'm not doing too well at this. You know, and that's what I've done when I visit these other places. And thank God, because I get tools all along the way. You know, I get more tools, and my foundation is Narcotics Anonymous. You know. I get to bring those tools
4: back and um, use them with my program and, and through the steps. So I'm grateful to be here, thanks. Cool, anybody else? I think I would just very quickly add that, uh, if, uh sometimes you know, it sounds like, wait,
6: wait a minute. We should be talking about drugs here or not using drugs and not all about this diet and exercise kind of thing. But anything that keeps me down and keeps me hating me uh, is important for me to talk about. It's those things that we don't talk about that fester. And the disease loves to pick up on the festering and uh, take it and run with it. And so it's important that, uh, that I don't have the secrets and that I don't let things fester. Anybody
4: else? We're getting pretty darn close. I think uh, I think we have time to read one more paragraph. Doug, you want to do it?
0: Yeah, thanks, Jane. All right. We'll do one paragraph and have some comments. So the quality of this relationship varies over time. Uh, sometimes we care for ourselves and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we confuse what we look like uh, with who or how we are and think that changing our outsides will fix a void we feel inside self-care can be a sign that we are in trouble either in terms of our self-esteem or our priorities when we're not taking care of ourselves physically chances are we're not taking very good care of ourselves emotionally or spiritually either on the other hand mood changes can be a sign of a physical problem when we notice a change in how we feel or react it's usually worth looking a little deeper Um, i'm going to make a comment on this and then then i'll kick it out my my experience with this is what, what I have a uh, maybe like a strange relationship with the truth about my physical self if I don't think if I if I don't think about it or if I'm not like you know maybe going to a doctor to check on it or something like this then I don't have it you know whatever it is and then I fall into the the thing of like uh instead of going to a doctor and paying money or something I look at WebMD I've had every disease that there is and I've you know and I almost died you know so many times in the past three days you know and the but what my experience has been like, I had this, had like heartburn or something like this 15 years ago or 16 years ago. I went, you know, to the doctor. It was like, all right, look, we did the little thing, little camera thing here. Take uh, like Nexium or heartburn medicine or something like this. You come back, I think it was six weeks. Had to come go back for you know, like a checkup to see how it's going. I haven't went back yet. That was, you know, 15 years ago or 16 years ago like that. But in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you know what, as long as I, you know, I'll take a heartburn thing or something. And it's good. I know it's insane to think about that, but it's like, it's one of those things. And Barb, just like you said, like, well, what's under that, you know, what, what what's going on, what's going on under that, man, I don't want to be told something that, that it's like, Hey, here's what you got to do. Here's what it is. And, and, and this and that, if it's not apparent, if I'm not looking at it, it's not happening. Saying that now is like, damn, um, that's probably not, you know, the best way to be, but that's my truth. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so that's, uh, that's where I'm at with it. But anyways, I'm going to comment on that. I'll, I'll pass.
4: Anybody else? Go ahead, Paul.
3: So, um, (laughs) I've been around HIV a long time and, and, uh, And uh, the thing that I tell people is the test doesn't give it to you. It gives you the power to do something about it. So that's the thing with that is what I want is power. I want some power back. You know what I mean? I gave it up in the first step. I get it back in the 11th step. Uh, The power to carry it out is what I want is that power. Here's the lie that I tell myself. If I lose 20 pounds, if I win the lottery, and if my dick grows five inches, everything will be okay.
4: I'm already okay. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, everybody. Hope everybody has a good Christmas and a happy new year. See you.
0: Doug? Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.